bless you all. And thank you all for joining us that will be um, listening to the replay. Um, the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about um, major leaders in the Old Testament. The first week, we talked about Samuel. Last week, we talked about David. Now, this week, um, I will be talking about Moses. I'm going to go ahead and get started. Um, when we think of Moses, we, um, we think about a deliverer. We all know that Moses was a deliverer and that he led the children of Israel out of the bondage of the Egyptians. He was a leader. He was a prophet. He had a direct connection with God. And um, he went through several processes in his lifetime. And some of those processes lasted periods of 40 years. Now, the number 40 is mentioned several times in the Bible. In Genesis, when Noah builds the ark and he gathers his wife and his sons and their wives and all the animals, it rained 40 days and nights. Um, Israel, of course, was in, in the wilderness for 40 years. Um, in these two instances, the for number 40 represented judgment. Um, number 40 also represents a period of testing and trial and probation. So in Exodus 34, Moses fasted for 40 days and nights on Mount Sinai. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 fasted for 40 days and nights. And they, there are several other instances where the number 40 was used. So um, let's talk about the first 40 years of Moses' life. In chapter 1, um, we find that Pharaoh gives the order that all Hebrew babies that are daughters shall live. But if they are sons, they shall be killed. Um, because the Hebrew people were outnumbering the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were already making life hard for the children of Israel with bondage and making them slaves and giving them hard tasks. So um, in chapter 2, Moses is born. And of course, he is born a Hebrew. His mother saw that he was a good child and she hid him for three months. But the scripture goes on to say that after three months, she could no longer hide him. And she got an ark. Other versions call it a basket. And she fixed it up and put baby Moses in it and sent it up the, the Nile River. A Pharaoh's daughter was at the river bathing and her maids were with her. One of those maids happened to be Moses' sister, Miriam. And Pharaoh's daughter sees the basket and sends one of her maids to go get the basket. And she opens it and sees the pretty little child, the baby child, and she has compassion on him. But, um, of course, Moses ends up getting raised, being raised by Pharaoh's daughter, and therefore growing up as an Egyptian. So in chapter 3, by the, by the time chapter 3 comes along, um, Moses is 40 years old. And um, God appears to Moses in the form of a burning bush. He, at this time, he was working in median for his father-in-law Jethro, ten, Jethro tending to the sheep and God appears to Moses in the form of a burning bush 
and he says to Moses that he has heard the cries of the children of Israel and he has seen their afflictions and know their sorrows and he goes on to say that he has come to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians and I'm sending you Moses to, uh, to Pharaoh to deliver them and of course you know Moses was afraid but God assures, assures Moses that he is with him and God gives him the instructions on what to do and what to say. In chapter 4, Moses gets a rod. That's going to be one of his main things that he uses to help deliver the children of Israel. Moses gets a rod and God instructs Moses to cast the rod down on the ground and it becomes a serpent. And then God then instructs Moses to pick up the serpent and the serpent becomes a rod again. That's God proving himself to Moses. And then God um, instructs him to uh, place his hands in his bosom. Moses obeys and his hand turns into leprosy. And then God tells him to put his hand back in his bosom again. And his hand returns back to normal. On down in this uh, passage of scripture in the chapter, Moses' brother Aaron joins him to be his spokesperson because, of course, we, we all know that Moses had a stuttering problem. He stuttered a lot. So Moses is fully equipped for the task. Now he has his brother with him as his spokesperson and he has his rod. Okay, and um, as I said before, during this time period, Moses had to flee Egypt. And he ends up in Median and working for a man named Jethro, which ends up being his father-in-law because he marries one of the daughters named Zabora, and they have two sons. Um, in verse 18 of chapter 4, he leaves his father-in-law Jethro to go and do what God has commissioned him to do. So in chapter 5, Aaron and Moses approaches Pharaoh and tells him what God says, that is to let the children of Israel go. Pharaoh was like, who is this God that I should obey and to let these, the children of Israel go? And Aaron and Moses responded, our God, the God of the Hebrews that spoke this to us. But of course, you know, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. And he would not obey the voice of God and let the children of Israel go. So in the next few chapters, God sends plagues to Egypt. Uh, ten plagues invaded the, the land of Egypt. The first one is when the water turns into blood. Um, the plague of frogs, the plague of lice, the plague of swarms of flies. The plague of death of the animals. Uh, we have the plague of boils and blisters. Uh, the next one is uh, the plague of hail, the locusts, the darkness over all the earth, over all the land, and then the death of the firstborn. Each time Moses and Aaron went before Pharaoh and told him what God said, and each time Pharaoh refused. And when Pharaoh refused, God sent, instructs Moses to stretch out his rod. And each of the plagues happened one by one each time he refused. So in chapter 13, verse 7, 
Pharaoh lets the children of Israel go. But he is still angry. His heart is still hardened. Uh, but he lets the children of Israel go. And God leads them to the wilderness, through the wilderness to the Red Sea. In chapter 14, um, of course, Pharaoh is angered and his heart, heart is hardened. All of the chariots and horsemen and the whole army pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel, of course, begin to complain and murmur that Moses brought them out here to the wilderness to die, that it would have been better for them to stay in Egypt. In verse 13, Moses says to the children of Israel, to not to fear, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. The enemies that you see today, the Egyptians that you see today, you shall see no more. The Lord will fight for you. You got to hold your peace. So on down in the scripture, they reach the Red Sea and um, the Lord instructs Moses to stretch out his rod towards the Red Sea and, and the Red Sea begins to divide. And they all walked on dry ground. Then the Lord instructs Moses to stretch out his rod again. And the waters came back together. They began to close in. And all of the Egyptians, the horsemen, the chariots, all of Pharaoh's people, the whole army drowned in the Red Sea. And after all of that, they begin to sing and give God praises for delivering them out of Egypt and out of the hands of the Egyptians. But they did have to spend the next 40 years in the wilderness so that they can trust God, so that they can learn to trust God. They, they started to complain that they didn't have enough food and water. But of course, you know, God is our provider. God provided for them. He provided manna for them, quail, and water from a rock for them to drink. Okay, so I want to go to Numbers chapter 12, a very familiar passage of scripture. We're talking about Moses and his sister, how his sister and Aaron became came up against Moses because of the woman that he married. And of course, Miriam feels like God can speak to her just as well as the Moses, he speaks to Moses. Now, many times when a man or woman of God, they mess up or fall from grace, especially a high profile man or woman of God, or even if they give a false prophetic word, um, the first thing we want to say is keep your mouth off the man or woman of God. In other words, what you're really saying is exempt them from being responsible and exempt them from being held accountable for their actions. We quote the parts of the scripture of this chapter where Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses in verse 1 and 2 and the part, and the part where they are rebuked in verses 5 through 10 where Miriam is struck with leprosy. But nobody quotes the part where Moses cries and begs God not to let anything happen to his sister in verse 13. Now, um, as a minister of the gospel, I must stress, the, stress this, that you're not exempt from being talked about. 
all that comes with the territory. You're not exempt from ridicule. You can't pray witchcraft prayers against somebody who talks about you. I mean, praying something, praying that something bad happens to them. That is a no-no. You are not exempt from accountability and responsibility. When you accepted the call to ministry, you accept everything that comes with it. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And that includes being talked about. You're not exempt from being lied on. You're not exempt from being rejected. And all the other problems as it relates to life and ministry. Everybody's not going to receive the word that God gave you. You will not be received everywhere that you go. Matthew 5 and 12, the New Living Translation version reads, Be happy about it. Be very glad, for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And so if they did it to Jesus, if they did it to all the prophets in the Bible, they're going to do it to us too. Amen. So one last thing about Moses, um, Numbers chapter 20. Many of the children of Israel, a lot of them did not live to go to the promised land. At the beginning of, chap- of the chapter, Miriam dies. And at the end of the chapter, chapter 20, Aaron dies. So neither one of them lived to go to the promised land. So in verses 2 through 13, the children of Israel began to complain that there was no water and being brought into the wilderness for them, to, them and their cattle to die. Um, of course, Mer- uh, Moses and Aaron left them and went before God. And God instructs Moses to take his rod and gather the assembly together and speak to the rock before their eyes. And water shall come out of the rock for the people and the animals to drink. But in verse 11, Moses smotes the rock. God told him to speak to the rock, but he smoted the rock disobedience at his best. God says to Moses, because you did not believe me and you disobeyed my commandment, you will not bring the children of Israel into the land which I gave to them. So in Deuteronomy chapter 34, from Mount Nebo, Moses did get to view the land from that mountain that God had promised. But he, he dies. He did not go to the promised land. He did not take the children of Israel to that promised land. Joshua became his successor. And he died being 120 years old. So I want to say today to all the ministers of the gospel. Even the up and coming ministers. Remember that if God chose you to do a work for him. You are enough. I'm not talking to those self-appointed ones and those that chose themselves. I'm talking about the ones that God chose and God's chosen, God's appointed ones, God's anointed ones. I'm talking to those who don't feel like they are good enough. I myself, when um, I began in ministry, I didn't think I was a preacher. I didn't think I was called to preach. I didn't think that I was good enough. Because I was always shy. And those that know me know that I'm shy. I'm very quiet. I was the quiet one growing up. And I was, um, I didn't never, I never liked being in front of people to talk or do anything. 
to give speeches and things like that. That was not me. That's something I never like to do. But um, God has been saying to me the last few months, and he says to tell the people of God that you and I are enough. You and I are enough. No matter who you are or where you come from, you are enough. God says you are good. Everything that he's created, it, he saw that it was good. Even when Moses was born, his, mo his mother saw that he was a good child. And she was able to hid him, hide him. Many of us have been in a hidden season. God had you hid for a reason. So when the season comes for you to be showcased, you will be authentic. Nobody will get the credit. Nobody will be able to get the glory for what God is doing in your life behind the scenes. This will be God's doing because you will not be tainted. You will not be infected with any and everything. Like Moses, God has his hands on you. He didn't allow you to be killed. He did not, not allow you to lose your life. That's why you are still alive. That's why the, everything that the enemy tried did not work. The weapons that were formed did not prosper. That car accident didn't kill you. That deadly disease didn't take you out of here. Hallelujah. Whatever others have died from, you live to testify. So don't despise small beginnings. Trust the process. It may be a very long process, but it will be well worth it. Hallelujah. Anytime, I want to say this to the men and women of God, especially the new people, the new and upcoming ministers. Anytime you're doing a work for God or anytime you're taking a stand for God, expect opposition. Expect opposition. When you turn your life around and you choose to live for God, expect opposition. And sometimes those opposing forces will come from those that are closest to you. Even those who claim to be for you. But no matter what, remember that God will be with you. Always remember men and women of God. That obedience will take you far in your ministry than anything else. You must obey his instructions exactly as he has given them to you. Don't go left when he tells you to go right. Don't preach from the book of Matthew when he told you to specifically preach from the book of Psalms. Don't preach on money and prosperity when he says to preach on love. Somebody's life is dependent upon your obedience to instructions. You, ex you expect your children to obey you and do what you tell them to do. And God expects the same. Don't let disobedience cost you your promised land like Moses. Hallelujah. Please don't get caught up in listening to people. Don't let people cause you to fear them and not God. And then you end up missing the mark because you are afraid of people. Hallelujah. God is raising up some Moses in this hour. Our God, God is raising up a breed of people who will bring deliverance. There's an anointing for deliverance and God is calling those who will go and bring deliverance to families. God is saying, whom shall I send to bring deliverance? 
to that person on the streets, to those behind prison walls, to the mentally challenged, to that alcoholic and that drug addict. Hallelujah, that sinner that needs to be saved. God says, I'm raising up those who will go and bring healing to us sin-sick people. Even those who are sick mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I'm raising up a people who will declare my word of deliverance to my people. Hallelujah. God says, I've seen the afflictions. I see the mass shortage. I see the COVID-19 and other diseases. I've heard the cries of salvation, for salvation and healing and deliverance. I am come to deliver those who are bound. I will deliver your family members, says God. I will deliver the oppressed and depressed, says the Lord. I will protect you. Those pharaohs that you're dealing with worry no more, because I'm delivering you out of their hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm delivering your mind and bringing you peace. Just as I brought the children of Israel through the wilderness, so shall I bring you through your wilderness season. Hallelujah. He says, stand still and see my salvation. Be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you, God says to get ready because it's your season to cross over. God is dividing the waters and you're getting ready to cross over into a new season. That defeat you see today, you shall see no more. Get ready to cross over into your victorious season. Thanks be unto God who gives you the victory. Hallelujah. You are crossing over into a new season of new connections. Those bad connections you see today, that you have today, you will have no more. Get ready to cross over into a new, with new connections. You're crossing over into a new season of peace. All that confusion and drama that you're going through today, you will go through it no more. Hallelujah. Go get your peace. Get ready to cross over. The God of peace awaits you. Glory to God. You're crossing over into a new season of freedom. That bondage you are in. You will be in no more. Cross over into your new season of freedom. For who the sun sets free is free indeed. In Jesus' name. Your season of not enough or barely getting by. You shall see no more. You're crossing over into a new season. Of more than enough. You're crossing over into a land of flowing with milk and honey. Hallelujah. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for the men and women of God. I pray that you will lay your hands on them right now. Father, give your people a mind to obey your word. Help them to obey your instructions, just as you have given them. Help us to stand in the midst of opposition. Help us to stand in the midst of challenges. Help us to stand in the, in the midst of fear and uncertainty. We thank you for the assurance that you're in your word that we don't have to fear because you are with us. Just as you was with Moses and the children of Israel, God, we thank you that you are with us. Hallelujah. Thank you that you will deal with our enemies. Hallelujah. You will make them our footstool. You will contend with those who contend with us. 
Hallelujah. Thank you that when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you will lift up a standard. I thank you, Father, that when they come at us one way, they will flee seven ways. We thank you, Father, that you are Jehovah Nisi. We don't have to deal with our enemies on our own. You will fight for us. You will be an enemy to our enemies and an adversary to our adversary in the name of Jesus. Father, help us to trust you in our hiding season. God, help us, God, to trust you in our time of process. Hallelujah. Testing and trials. Help us to trust you in our wilderness season. We thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Shammah. You are El Shaddai. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you that we never have to worry about running out because you are more than enough. You will provide for us. You are there for us. And Father, we thank you for our season of crossing over. We are leaving our Egyptians behind. We are leaving bondage behind. We are forgetting those things which are behind. And we are pressing forth to those things which are before. Hallelujah. We leave our past behind. Hallelujah. We're crossing over into a new future. We leave sickness behind and cross over into divine health and healing. We leave our broke season behind and cross over into wealth. Hallelujah. We leave bondage behind and we cross over into freedom. We leave sin behind and cross over into salvation. We leave hate and unforgiveness behind and cross over into love and forgiveness. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. And it's in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you all. God bless you all. Thank you all for joining. And until next Wednesday, join me next Wednesday for another prayer and word Wednesday. In Jesus' name.